What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wits End Podcast, Episode 2. I'm your host, Devin, alongside my co-host, Joe, the show. (laughs) Um, You know, kind of to get things started, you know, I feel like in today's world, there's a lot of topics that you can't discuss publicly, or uh, if you do talk about it, you know, it's cringe, and, you know, you can get canceled really, really quick, you know, shunned from society, but I feel like it's really important to have those conversations. I think they're important to have, because, see, the the thing that a lot of people do, they don't want to talk about them, they're scared about talking about it, and you'll find out listening to this very much, you'll find out I'm not scared to talk about them, I'm not afraid to give my opinion on them. You know, people will probably take it as being racist. People will, because you're not going to please both sides. You're never going to please both sides of this, and that's the problem. Everybody's too worried about getting getting butter about things and offending somebody. And we should be, you know, worried about offending people. But we need to, we need to, these topics need discussed. Yeah, they need to be stated. And the thing of it is, is you know, we look at directly one of them is racism. The bottom line of it is. Yes, people's going to get offended. People get hurt. People think they're entitled. People feel their privilege. The thing of it is, it needs talked about because it needs dealt with and it needs squashed. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And I, I feel like there's a lot of factors that go into keeping it alive uh, and thriving rather than dying off <laughs> like it, it should. And, you know, the, the first one that really comes to my mind, first and foremost, is media organizations, news outlets that are constantly spitting it out, throwing it in your face about white on black crime or, you know, whatever minority group is being taken advantage of. And it's because of white supremacy. Uh, You know, you you talk about things like critical race theory and all these subjects just kind of get pushed down your throat. And is it fair? No, I I don't think so. Because I I feel like the, the light that get cast the light that gets cast on people is that we're all racist. And that's just <clears throat> obviously not well, the, the fact. The problem with new, news organizations, I think collectively a whole, whether accurate or inaccurate, the problem of it is, is obviously people watch them. And, and so they're almost like they're uh, setting the pace for what the world believes. And they tell you this is wrong. And so people believe it and people yeah. buy into a, a lot of this stuff. And it's, and it's past news organizations, I, in my opinion with this, I mean, they, they make documentaries on it and it's all from one person's agenda so if you have somebody that comes in here and and does something i mean you look at a lot of stuff that's aired right now there's predominantly there's some predominantly all black movies it is what it is and and there's nothing wrong with that but you know an example of that there's a movie on here called blackish and nothing wrong with it what if you make a movie called whitish you don't you don't think that there's going to be a lot of negative feedback on that well, it's, you know, so what I'm saying is that there's nothing wrong with either way on it. What I'm saying is, is when somebody does something like that, you're noted as a racist. And then that's whenever the media is going to get involved and say, you're wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You're a racist. You know, that, and that's the problem. You, 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 you're limited. And, it, and, it, and to some degree, it's one-sided. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, and there's a big problem, too, whenever you only have five, six-minute segments and you're talking about racism uh to me that that's not fair to the topic and there's no way to have any kind of a real discussion about the issue uh all that is is talking points and trying to drive home facts uh which is good you know it's good to have facts but if it's not put in the right context then 
it can really mess up a, a situation. And I, to kind of go beyond that, I feel like it spills over into social media where you start to get dragged by the public and, and activists and people that have nothing better to do with their life than to, to call you a racist or to try and get you canceled. It, it's really sad. I think for the most part, on when it comes to social media, I think the people on there that stand, they, they typically want to get on some bandwagon of, you know, whether it be... I don't, I don't know. That it doesn't matter what race it is. It's sick. I think most people don't care. I think they're just doing it for the popularity of yeah. the, I, I would say, notoriety. But they're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. Well, they're, you don't want to be identified as the other in that situation. You don't want someone to think, oh, you may be a racist because you're not putting the black square up as your profile picture on Instagram. Uh, and... To me, a lot of it, what it comes down to is it's just signaling. You know, you're just trying to signal, I'm a, I'm a good guy. You know, don't, don't shoot me. And the problem with that is nothing happens. You know, the, nothing changes because we're not talking about it at all. And, you know, then to kind of take it one step further on the political side, you know, they talk about race all the time, but they do nothing about it. You know, they, they talk about helping <coughs> communities and, and making life better but they don't. Well, it's fact. It's all talk. You know, government officials on numerous, numerous occasions, you know, from the president all the way down, has used race as a stepping stone to get votes. Yeah. They say, we were going to help the, you know, the black community in whatever aspect. You know, and then they're going to help the Hispanic community. That, and that was a big one, you know, several years ago in the presidential election and got a lot of votes. But when it comes down to it, the you know they they say they did it comes down to it, they didn't do anything they just used they the, the government used them for what it was they got them they used them for their votes to to hold the position office and then it comes down that they always say well we've got more we've done more for this race than you know any other president but we don't see the benefits of it. we don't see it they can say it but saying it and actually saying it's two different things uh well and, and to kind of add to your point i i do remember i can't remember if it was i think it was during the 2020 election but he had said, uh, you're not black if you don't vote Democrat. Um, and that, that's a wild thing to say, because especially if you look at any of the history, Republicans and the Republican Party, uh, by Abraham Lincoln, you know, with the, the North versus the South, were the ones who freed the slaves. While Democrats and the South were the ones who decided to secede and didn't want to end racism. So... For Democrats to now get up there and say, hey, if you don't vote for us, you're not black or whatever, is basically saying, we own you, and we're going to push you up to the edge as much as possible to get you to vote for us, rather than trying to actually fix the problem. Um, well, a lot of them don't bring anything to the table to fix these problems. You know, they'll, they'll offer, you know, to, to any race to, to, for votes, they'll offer some type of handout, whether it be a monetary thing, or we're going to invest this and this. They've done this with teachers. They've done this with, you know, different salary. You name it. They, they've played this game before. Yeah. You know, of how they're going to do any, do all these things to help them. So you vote for them and then nothing happens. It's just, it's a pool. And then they, and, but they get their kickbacks. They get their money off their stuff. So I guess they're happy. They got what they wanted. But when you look at these things, you know, I would have to probably agree with a little bit of what we what we discussed earlier, just Barry touched on, is about a rigged system. Because I do believe the system, I don't know that the system's rigged per se. However, I would 
agree that I do believe that black people get profiled yeah. way more than white people. Well, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of general stereotypes uh, that go into it that is completely unfair. And, you know, I think we've all seen plenty of videos where, you know, an unarmed black citizen complying or or performing a certain act gets shot and killed. And then you can show a side-by-side -side video of a, a white individual who doesn't get shot or killed. They just get put in handcuffs. But even if you look at that, you know, not, not just because there's so many, we could talk about each one separately. But even if you look at those, there's so many of these eyewitnesses accounts versus this video. Yeah. And then the news gets a hold of it. And it's like a whole different perspective. Like, well, here's the one second you didn't see. That, yeah. that guy had a gun or didn't have a gun. Which right. is, it's a lot of times when we find out it's false information. Yeah. And then they come back and they, they, they don't ever re really retract their statement saying, hey, this, this black guy that did this, he was actually innocent. Yeah. They just let him leave him out to, to dry, yeah. you know, figuratively, and just say, oh, you know, basically we made a stake, but now, you know, we've already done our damage. And, and so this, this guy is painted a certain way, and it's not right. And so it is rigged. And then the people that commonly see this on TV, you know, start buying buying into this agenda. Yeah, you know, but it's everybody doing it. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is that it's not <clears throat> just that person who's caught on camera performing a racist act or or acting that way. It, it's the entire race that gets thrown into it. Like we're all the bad guys. You know, it's kind of like Hitler and and the Germans. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say Nazis because the Nazis obviously were a part of it and complicit, but. As far as just the German race itself, I'm sure there was a lot of Germans during that time period that weren't racist or didn't want to kill Jews. But because of who they were associated with, these bad actors, everyone gets painted in this negative light. And the, the problem with that is that a lot of this is rooted in history. You know, long ago, way before you were alive, I was alive, our granddads were alive. I mean, we're, we're talking a long time period here where people were actually enslaved by another race. And so the, the biggest issue I have with a lot of what I hear about today in the race conversation is black people or minorities are owed by white people. And I, I just don't feel like... Well, my, I, don't, I don't know people crap for what my great-great-great-grandfather yeah. <laughs> did. That's just the bottom line. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter because if, if you ever gave into that, and it doesn't matter what race it is, you know, so we went, so obviously being a combat bearer, we went into Iraq and, and obviously there's people die. So what is the government now responsible because we invaded your country and killed some of your people. So now because there's a survivor and I, I owe them, you know, 10,000, a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars whatever, because we killed, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. You know, obviously it was a bad situation. Obviously the things that they did were wrong. Yeah. I didn't do it. I'm not paying for somebody else's mistakes. Another example. If a guy goes down here and, it, and again, it doesn't matter what race is. A guy goes down here and kills somebody and I happen to be there. I'm going to do his jail time because I was there and I seen it. Yeah. Or my grandfather, maybe, maybe my grandfather did, maybe my dad, maybe whatever. Somebody in my family killed somebody. Heinous murder. I have to pay the price for that? Yeah. No. No, that's not that's so, that, and that's but that's a problem. Keep this stuff fueled yeah, by saying that kind of stuff. by saying those things, and then and then the collectively, you know, because of society, not a race, society, they want a handout. Yeah. 
And so it likes, hey, let's get on that bandwagon because I might get some money out of this. I might get something out of this. Uh, well, and that, that's kind of the thing. It, it's almost like the, the student debt relief plan, you know, telling people that, hey, we're going to cancel up to $20,000 of your student debt. If you're in that group and you're about to get some of your debt relieved, you're thankful. You're yeah, glad see, that that's happening. The thing is, that's a Joe Biden thing. And the, and the bottom line of it is, by the time he gets around to actually doing it, he'll probably forget what he was doing. And all the people who have these student debts, <laughs> they ain't going to have it anyway because yeah. he's going to forget what he told people. Yeah, he's gonna... That's the card he gets to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, along those lines, though, it, it makes sense that people would support wanting to get free money. You know, uh, I, I kind of look at it like just because you know, because that's one of the, the issues that I have in this conversation is you can say something like that, and you know, you're you immediately get attacked, and oh, you you don't understand, you're incompetent, you don't understand my lived experiences, whatever. Uh, just because I don't agree with a movement or someone's opinion doesn't make me racist. Now, if I have consistent actions over several different areas of my life, then that's one thing. But to just because someone makes a, a comment or says, I, I don't agree with that, or I don't think this is right for me or what I believe, that doesn't make you a, a racist No, it person. doesn't make you racist. That's the thing. There's a couple of subjects like that in the world. When it comes to race, yes, you make a comment and you're labeled racist. Yeah. You have anything to say with a gay community, yeah. you're a homophobe. Yeah, man, it's, just, it's just, it is. It's a society we live in. Yeah. But it's really what it is. Everybody, well, it's freedom of speech. They like to say that. Yeah. They like to use that agenda yeah. until you counter it with your free speech. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now it's not free speech. It's yeah. a hate crime. Yeah, now we gotta shut it's it's all this other stuff yeah. that comes with it. Well, they don't like it. And it, that's the thing is that you're, you're teaching people and children that racism is ingrained in our society and institutions and the systems uh, of how society operates. And you know, the problem that I have with that is that that spreads division, not unity. And I, I think that there's, regardless of the color of your skin, there's so much more that we have in common. Just everyone wants a nice home. Everyone would like a nice car to drive. Everyone wants a spouse who, who loves them or they, they want somebody to care about them in the world. Uh, they want to feel successful. Like all these things that we have in common, but then you want to focus on, well, you know, do you support same-sex marriage or abortion or what's your, your stance on Black Lives Matter, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, that's what defines you, that one topic. Well, there is saying it's ingrained in, in our kids from one aspect of the family, but I would even take it much past that as the school systems because the school systems are scared of these topics too. Yeah, They're worried about getting a lawsuit against them or, you know, something of that nature, you know, because they enforce something or don't enforce something. And then all of a sudden it's viewed in a certain way. And, you know, and so they're afraid of doing it. So this, this stuff is in there. And I, and I think to some degree schools, you know, I, I can't factually prove this. I will say that right there. But I think schools are different between, you know, Central, Central America, East and West Coast. I yeah. think they're different. You know, <clears throat> and, and they are, there's different, obviously different, you know, races are more stronger in certain places so i i would tend to think that that would be you know definitely a big factor in probably decision making of people um in the school system you know when they're making those decisions however a lot of this stuff typically comes more west and flows east and of these agendas and so the, the time it gets here 
one, it's happened by so many other places. And people, I don't think people understand that. So when a court system rules on something, the Supreme Court especially, that kind of becomes a law of the land, you know, it, to, to some level, unless it's overturned or something like that. So if all a lot of this stuff is happening outside, of, you know, say on the West Coast, and it's trickling east, which a lot of things do. Fads, it, it's clothing, it, it happens that way. So well, if it happens out there on the West Coast, and these people's made rulings on it, well, now by the time it hits us, there's already court set precedences that's already happened. Yeah. And so by the time it almost gets here, it's like, oh my gosh, our hands are tied. Yeah. And they're, they're actually not, but they're scared because of what's happened yeah. in, in that type of place. And there's nothing wrong with that. But however, you know, when you look at Oklahoma, can't, these, are, these are central United States places. They're different than California. They're different than Nevada, Vegas. They're different. You don't see, like, if you go look at, like, Las Vegas, for instance, you don't see that in Oklahoma. You're not going to see that in Texas, Kansas, stuff like that. Right or wrong or indifferent, that's a whole different kind of, it's part of the United States. Now, you take Oklahoma, for instance, and you push back over in, you know, Virginia. New York, for instance, out on the east side. Totally night and day different. There's yeah. different type of people, what we believe in. And that's what makes, I think, America great, yeah. is they have all these different belief systems. But when it comes down to these core things that's separating us in the United States, they ain't freaking getting past it. Yeah. They're letting this hinder the momentum that could take the United States to another yeah. level. And they're, and they're letting these few things hold us back. Well, a few things I, I kind of wanted to, to touch on from what you were saying. Number one... This might be controversial, but I'm just going to say it. Oklahoma's part of the South. We're not the Midwest. We are the South. Either that or we want to be the South. I'm speaking for everyone in Oklahoma right now when I say it. Uh, but beyond that, you know, you're, you're talking about schools being scared to talk about these things. I feel like I've seen several news articles and reports where it's the exact opposite, you know, where they're enacting, reenacting, slavery and our racist past to small children. Now, I don't have a, an article pulled up in front of me, but I guarantee you if you Google slavery in the classroom, teaching slavery in the classroom or something along those lines, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And that's, to me, is what's more scary is whenever they are saying, you know what, we want to teach people about racism. And the, the issue that I guess that I have with that is that number one, how do we know that they're telling the right story? And how do we know that that story is unbiased? Not showcasing the, the black side and the black plight and, and same thing from the, the white side, you know, from owning them. Um, that, that's what I'm concerned about is because how do you do that whenever everything is so polarized right now? You're either Democrat or Republican, you know, like just like a lot of these topics are, are so polarizing. And so I would rather keep it out of the schools. If, if a parent wants to teach a child about America's racist past, you know, let, let the parent do that. But I don't think a, a teacher needs to be stepping in and telling a white or a black child that, hey, you treated people bad, your ancestor treated people well, bad, or you were treated bad by these people's that, ancestors. There's, now there's some places, Oklahoma is one of them, where they, they have implemented some laws where they cannot teach a superior race. Yeah, which is important. And, you know, I, <laughs> seems because my, my issue with it, it's, it's, a, it's off the race theory or, or the race topic is I know from aspects that the history books and what they teach are flawed. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I've seen some of the stuff they teach in history just in a ward that I was in. And 
uh, some of that, I believe, is misinformation. And also in those history books, I don't believe that there is enough there to accurately teach the history side. There's a lot of very key, important events for somebody to understand really what was taking place in in that combat zone that I was in. So with that part being said, I often wonder how much of any history that we're getting taught, whether it's race or, or whether it be, you know, from the North and South, like you're discussing a minute ago, different aspects of that war back then, how much of it are actually, is it true for one? And I would probably venture to say probably a lot of it is, but is there enough there that's actually painting the correct and the full picture of what went on? Because when you say like a minute ago, you're talking about the South, anybody that's like, oh, the South is racist. Yeah. That's just what's categorized with yeah. it. The Confederate flag, racist. How, that it is. It's everybody that if the South are all racist, and, and I don't think that that's the case. I think yeah. there's, you know, whenever there's the term Southern hospitality, I think comes into play because I believe in the in the South because I have been I've been on the West Coast a lot and I've been on the East Coast a lot, and and there's and there's good people everywhere. Yeah, there really is, you know, but in the in the South there is a. Or in the southern states, not just Oklahoma, but I, th- I think there is a, a more openness of helping yeah. welcoming. And, and welcoming people. And I'm not talking about throwing money at things, but yeah. generally, yeah. you know, helping somebody out. Getting to know And yeah. so there is a pride that I think does come from that in a good way. Yeah. You know, not because I'm from the I'm from the South and I was, you know, back 150 yeah. years ago. My grand, no, I don't great, give, great nobody cares about that crap. Yeah. If we're talking about here and now, we should be proud of the state we live in. We should be proud of the, the, the town we live in and support the town we live in. If you don't, move somewhere else. That, that suits you. That's a good thing about living there. If you don't like it, move. Leave. Nobody cares. You know, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And so well, we should have a pride in where we live and what we're doing. And that goes down even to the smallest sect of even just our house and our immediate family. We should have pride in our families and, and teaching and pride ourselves as dads and moms and teaching our kids the right stuff because that's that's one way this stuff stops is we teach our kids it's a generational thing yeah. if we teach our kids the right way you know then it makes a big difference because you know again and I go back into whenever I was sitting in a combat zone you know I relied on guys of all different races yeah. that would have took a bullet for me you know and I for them too I didn't care what your color of your skin was it didn't matter you know it, it, you know, there's all, you know, somebody said it well before me and, and we all believe the same. And, and there's a truth to that. You know, you die the same, you know, it, it, it's all the same in the end. And so what, what was the biggest deal? Those guys had my back, you know, and that, and that's true of any topic we talk about. It's the people that have your back and what they stand for. And those guys that I served with were very honorable young men that I served with that stood for something. Well, you know, the kind of touch on what you're talking about from the the family side i feel like that's when some of it really kind of starts to fall apart because ultimately to me what it comes down to if you have two parents in the home and that child is being fed taken care of made making sure that they go to bed on time like they're supposed to you know all these little factors that kind of go into a kid's normal upbringing uh that's what makes the difference you know regardless of your race, if you have two parents in the home and they're both providing for their child, taking care of them, you know, to kind of average standards versus, you know, white or black single mom taking care of a child, 
you're going to have a drastically different result on average. Yeah, well, I think that's proven cases. even outside of a race. You look at the foster yeah. care system and these kids has been pulled home to home, different parents and the abuses that takes or doesn't take place. Some of these situations and I saved that one for another day too. But you look at that, you no, know, statistically, yeah, they're, they're more apt to be, you know, problematic when they get older. You know, I think that the biggest thing within the family, it's not, it's, yes, it is having the mom and dad, that's key, but it's also the structure behind it too, because you can have both parents, both parents, both parents, piece of crap, byproduct is you're going to have another one, you know, and, and so there needs to be some structure you know, right teaching and, and, and doing these things. And the thing of it is, these ain't something that we have to relearn or as parents or, or anything to say, okay, we gotta, we gotta learn how to teach our kids. And it's naturally ingrained what yeah. you want your kids. You know, you want your kids to do right. You want your kids to succeed. But, you know, we've gotta teach them that when they're young, you know, not when they're, you know, they're grown men and women trying to make a decision. You know, no, you teach them when they're young. And if you teach them that as they're growing up, that stuff's gonna stick with them, you know? Um, well, and, and that's kind of exactly my point is, you know, whenever you stabilize families, uh, it gives the next generation the best opportunity to not be so upset with their life situation. And because I, I feel like a, a lot of times what, what I see nowadays, especially, is just a, a resentment towards that cycle, uh, you know, a, a feeling like you were born into the the system per se as far as you know you're well, when you repeat history repeats itself yeah you know and the thing of it is if you have a, a parent or even two parents that's living off the system it's only natural that their kids are going to do the same thing yeah it's only natural if you have a mom or dad that's running around you know in, in a gang and that's the lifestyle they live it's only natural that the kids going to follow in their footsteps yeah you know so yeah it's not so if you have a mom and dad that are racist in any capacity, yeah. it's only a natural response that that kid is going to get that type of mentality. And then the thing, it, at some point, it starts expressing yeah. itself and they have kids and then and it's, it just never ends. Yeah, and you know, it, it perpetuates it. And <clears throat> you know, I, I guess to, to me that, that kind of brings us more towards, you know, how do you even start to fix this problem or this situation you know like what is practical you can't I, I feel like at this point you can't rely on the government well, the first thing, or institutions the first thing the that I would do personally and this one will get your hate this will get your hate comments coming real quick is I would defund and disband the BLM yeah. and it's not because it's not because there's some there's some good premise there supporting yeah. the, the black lives and and corrupt cops and stuff like that but the problem that comes with it is all the other stuff that they funded too. Now, I'm not getting into all this other stuff that's on TV or these documentaries. That's not what I'm getting at. We, It's known that they have, on just even whatever level you want to go, small or big, has funded but pushed some of these, or not funded, but promoted rights. Yeah. That's a problem. Because, oh. because whenever you're... you're you're saying, okay, we, we want to end racism, we want to get rid okay, so, okay, let's get rid of that. Let's, let's promote violence instead. That's what they're doing. And that is no way to win any racial war, any racial argument, religious, it, it doesn't matter what it is, violence is not going to fix that problem. Well, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad you bring up that point of not supporting the Black Lives Matter movement as far as the organization itself. 
And the, the reason why I'm glad you bring that up is because that should be something that you can say and that's your opinion and someone disagree with without calling you a racist or saying that, oh, you must hate all black people. Because that's like the immediate response to someone saying they don't support. Because it, the name itself is so well thought out you know it's such a simple statement well, it is but there's you know there's another one out there it's, it's white lives matter and the bottom yeah. line of it is it's a racist group yeah. I, don't, I don't associate with that i don't know what part but it, you yeah. know i guess if you stereotype yeah you could say i was because i'm white but i don't even do that it's nonsense yeah. and it's the same thing they don't they, it on the surface level yeah the blm it sounds good yeah it does but once you start digging into it and you realize what they've done and some of the things that they're doing you realize if I was a person of color, I'd be like, I don't want to be associated with that. Well, and I, I would encourage people to do some research on it. But from what, um, what I've heard and, and I've seen as far as through documentaries uh, and a few news articles is that they were spending money on real estate that they did not use for what they said they were going to be using it for. They were paying exorbitant salaries to members of family members well, of the people that were in charge and those things funding. are but that's kind of what we talked about a minute ago with the news fueling stuff yeah we don't we don't really know that that's facts at this point i know there's a lot of stuff speculating out there so if if we're gonna say that yeah well i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far as facts right now because that's just kind of one person's take on this right now i think it's still in the infant stage to really show that hey this is where this is at well, first, the first thing I would say is nobody's right all the time. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I'll admit it on the next podcast. But from what I've seen, and to me it was pretty convincing because she was talking about going through <clears throat> their previous tax reports where they have to say, hey, here's what we spent the money on. There's records of who they've paid, yeah, sure. organizations I mean, they've funded. You know, even besides that, good. if you take it to just the minimal level with George, with Floyd, yeah. They didn't do what they were kind of promising to yeah, do. No, kind of take, care of, take care of their people. Not at is all. what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the problem is that it's easy to capitalize on people's feelings. And that's exactly what I feel like racism has become today. Let's hijack your emotions and tell you that someone's evil and they need to be taken down rather than actually addressing the real issue, which is 99% of people today aren't racist. But because we live in a world where you can pull out a phone and video the one guy who is everyone goes well, down I mean, people it. stereotype people because you know things they may say possibly and i would say possibly in the way they look because you know you you see the media you see a a black guy get arrested and they look a certain way it, and i'm not talking necessarily because their skin colors because the way that they they may be dressed yeah you know so predominantly that it just almost becomes ingrained in the American people. Oh, if they look this way, you know, they're, well, movies, oh, they're, gonna, they're a thug. Yeah. They're going to do, they're going to rob you. They're going to do this. And that's not the case. Movies, TV shows, they all perpetuate it. But for me, I feel like if you're really going to try and solve this issue, you know, there's a, a few really simple things. I feel like that's a, a really good starting point. And I think most everybody already does it, but just to kind of restate it, and that's treat other people how you want to be treated. You know, at, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And if I want to be treated fairly or with respect by others, I'm going to give respect. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I feel like Martin Luther King Jr. said it best with don't judge a person based on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And 
I mean, How I, much more I, black and white can you say it? Like? I agree with that. I mean, I agree with both of them because I think with treating people how you want to be treated is a good, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a biblical, it's a biblical yeah. you know, but it works. You know, even for the people that don't believe the Bible or, you know, be atheists, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's a rule that I think is, is valid across the board, you know, and, and judging a person of color, you know, and, and to judge them by their character instead, I agree. Because the thing of it is in my life, how I deal with things you know, say stupid, using that word pretty loosely. If you get if you act stupid, that's the way you're gonna get treated. Yeah. If you act like an idiot, guess what? That's how you're gonna get treated. And so I think that, that that's a pretty fair statement as well. You you treat them, wait for them to act, wait for them to, you know, to give, give you, you something to, to judge, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, and beyond that, then that, that kind of goes into the last phase of it really, which is as an individual, white, black, purple yellow, whatever color you are, you know, as an individual, you need to do everything you possibly can to succeed. You know, it, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, who your parents were, how educated you are or not, it, grind, you know, don't, don't give up. And I feel like that's what, what happens more and more today is, you know, you start to get some momentum, you hit that first wall and you stop. And the problem with that is that then you start to feel like a victim. And the moment you're a victim, you know, you're no longer capable of moving forward because you're not letting it go. And I feel like anybody could tell you that they've had moments in their life where someone said something rude or hateful or racist uh, and it bothered them, but they moved on. You know, they didn't attack somebody. You know, they didn't try and, and retaliate. Uh, they just let it go move well, I mean, forward you, you, people get stuck in these slumps of you know which i understand you know certain aspects you know of sicknesses and stuff like that of getting caught and being broke and you know can't afford things stuff like that but when you're just struggling day to day you know there's things you can do to better yourself get another job do whatever i guess what i'm trying to communicate is this if you're beat down and you're, I mean, you're trying your best. You're going to have to try harder. Everything's out here for the taking. You just have to, you have to put your mind to it and go do it. It doesn't matter what aspect it is, is actually do something about it. If, if you're happy with working at a minimum wage job and you can do that, that's fine. But if you want to step that up, well, get a college education. If you need a master's degree, get a master's. If you need a doctorate, get a doctorate because it's all out there. You know, but you have to put yourself out there you have to do the hard work to get it and not that stuff is not going to be handed to you. Yeah. the only way you're going to get handed that type of money in this world is if you win the lottery or a lawsuit that's yeah. the only way it happens yeah. you know so you have to put in the work so if you don't basically if you don't like your situation it's up to you to change it it ain't yeah. up to me to change it it ain't up to your neighbor to change it and go cry your pity part pity party play your race card play your homophobe card play whatever you want it's not my responsibility to fix your situation if you want to change then start having a voice and change it if you don't like your financial situation do something about it change it yeah well and that that's kind of the thing is that at the end of the day is once you start doing stuff for yourself and you start to try and make your life better other people see that and they're going to help you along the way yeah you're going to make enemies because for whatever reason as people start to become more successful and, and get better uh you know whatever there's someone who wants to tear you down and someone who wants to keep you in place but there's also other people that see you for who you are and are going to help you succeed so it's to me the most important thing is to keep pushing you know it, 
it doesn't help whenever you just tell yourself that I'm owed this or it's not my fault or I can't do anything to, to change my life because if you live in America everyone has different situations but you do have a chance to make it it happens every day um, you know so I guess to move on from that well, I think that we can, you know, I think there's things to be discussed there from a different aspect. And we was talking about schools, you know, how much the schools are, you know, because something that I, I think about, too, is we talk about the racism in schools, we talk about the, you know, um, different aspects in the schools. But I think one of the things that is, is equally or, or is a big topic you know, is, is COVID. And the reason being, I'm saying that's tying that into the schools is because our kids are getting dumber because they're not in school. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, actually, <laughs> and, and I add to that probably the false information and this sense of security or false security that the schools are pushing on our kids. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that actually kind of reminds me of, uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw an article about, should we be giving people COVID amnesty? Uh, basically referring to people who were in support of mask mandates, COVID measures and, and policies, lockdowns, you know, all of these things that kind of put us uh, in a lot of ways in the position we're in today. Uh, you know, the, this article was basically asking the question, should we wipe the slate clean and just move forward like it didn't happen instead of holding these people accountable? And, you know, to me, that's kind of the flip side of what we were just discussing with race in the sense of we shouldn't be held accountable for what happened, you know, all these years ago to here you have a situation where two years ago people did put measures in place and make laws that drastically changed people's lives and in a lot of ways negative. <coughs> well, when it comes to the COVID thing, I, I even know this has been going on for a couple of years now. They still don't know nothing about it. I mean, every time they turn around, they're like, oh, get this inject, get this vaccine, it's going to help you. And then here's another one. And then like, okay, well, this well, this one's not really as effective for that one. Okay, well, here's another vaccine. Let's add that on top. You know, it, it, it's hard because, again, guess where you're getting your information from? The media. Yeah. And it's a proven fact. You know, some lie, some don't. Some better, more credible, some's not. And the same, so you don't really know if you're getting lied to or not on that for one. Yeah. And then... You know, it's it's hard for me because people that I know, and I'm not going off some statistic or nothing like that, but I've seen people and know people personally that's had the vaccine and were ill, like deathly ill from it. Yeah. Not from the vaccine, but they've got COVID after they got the shot. I know people that have had the shot and they didn't have any really any problems at all. On the flip side, I have known people that did not get the vaccine that were obviously sick. I also know people that didn't have the vaccine, me being one of them, and I didn't have no much more than a runny nose. So, you know, it's, it's very debatable <laughs> how effective these things really are. And then on top of that, being that I was a government guinea pig myself and been stuck with all this stuff, they don't typically see the results, the long-term side effects of this till down the road. And so I would be very concerned, you know, I know that's long gone and topic's been discussed a million times over, is what's this going to cause in 5, 10, 15 yeah. years from now? We don't know that. Yeah, the generational thing. You know, the yeah. thing of it is, what we're doing is we're teaching our kids, you have to do this. Yeah. You have to do this to live. No, you don't. Yeah. Comply. You uh, know, let your kids go eat some dirt 
and get some immunity instead of being stuck inside playing dang video games all day long and actually do something and be exposed to some of these things, it's okay. You know, unless you're immunocompromised, it's not going to kill you. It's okay to get the cold, have the flu, have these things. It's okay. Dad, you can't play Fortnite in real life. Can't do it. I don't know, I mean, what? You want me to make friends? Well, that would, it would benefit society. A lot more people would get out and do some stuff like that. You know, I say that jokingly, but uh, I, I think there was a, a lot of consequences that happened as a result of COVID. Well, you say that, but look at, I, I know I, I'm cutting off, but look at, you, you mentioned that, make friends in a smart like way, but I, you know, in, in a serious way, I know you're joking, but look at what COVID did. Yeah. yeah it exactly pulled you out of that saying. bubble yeah. and people are killing themselves. Yeah. You know, they're they're isolated. They're, and adopting they're dogs. Do what? And adopting dogs. Yeah, it, which <laughs> I guess we need because we're overran with them. You know, but these you know suicide rates are high and everything else like that. You know, and and I could get further even down into that too. You know, it's like yeah, that's what happens. You know, whenever you let the government control your life. You know. Right. Um, however, you know, so anyway, these these suicide rates are high. And people don't know what to do with herself. In some aspects, it was good because people were actually finding other avenues to entertain themselves. Or of how and, to make money. And I mean, jokingly, but seriously, I'm still waiting for this spike. You know, and I'm sure it's probably out there, but I just haven't statistically looked it up. But how many kids were born in this COVID pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what, what were they called? Instead of baby boomers, it'd be... I don't know, be COVID Zoomers. Boomers. I don't oh, know, Zoomers. A, you, know, you know these people, they're stuck in the home all the time. They can't yeah. go anywhere. You know you're going to have this influx of, of childbirth. It's going to happen. Um, well, you know, and, and that, you know, to kind of get back more into, into what I was saying, you know, there's, there's a lot of grievances that I feel like people have towards, you know, the government uh, and society and institutions that, and people that were pushing this narrative down our throat. You know, there's times when, you know, you used to talk about the learning loss. Well, I'm thinking about, you know, you, you couldn't go surfing. They were filling in skate parks with sand. You know, you couldn't go visit loved ones in the hospital or attend funerals. Well, you, 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 you've kind of hit it. It's government control. Yeah. Because, see, here's the thing. People, I think people don't look at this in the right perspective, and I'm not really a, a you know, conspiracy theory guy, but look at this. They stop you from going to church. Yeah. Well, exactly. off a government thing. Oh, this COVID. This is this is all government regulated, city, you know, state regulated stuff, and they were controlling your religious beliefs. Yeah. And people don't look at it like that. Yeah. And so, we, a minute ago, we were talking about racism and these things about being a voice and standing up for what we believe in and stuff like that. You know, so we should be combating these things because the own government stopped us from going to church. And and it doesn't matter if, if if whether it's a Christian church or a God based church or if you it doesn't matter who you worship they stopped it pretty much completely across the board until people in the churches started you know voicing their opinions with this thing and said hey this ain't right yeah um, <clears throat> sorry that, that that's distracting Johnny you mind clicking that for me man. Thank you. Yeah, we'll update that. We hit Johnny later. Camera. So, I mean, anyway, so the government does all these things, and I think that that's a taste of what's going to happen down the road, you know, if the government, you know, can do these. You say, oh, we're going to give you some money. We're going to do this and, and so forth and so on. The government has control, and at any time, you don't do what they say. They'll take it from you. Uh, well, and that, that's kind of the, the point. <clears throat> To me, that's what made this article so crazy to me is the fact that you're saying, hey, these people, 
you know, ruined people's lives and dramatically changed them. And in a lot of ways, worse than I feel like better. You know, if we're talking about the economy, didn't help. If we're talking about inflation, didn't help. Uh, you know, societal impact, education, like in every way, everything was affected negatively. And the problem that I have with just turning the, the other way and, and just moving on like nothing happened is that tells the people that are in power that it's okay to do that. That as long as it's viewed as a, a righteous cause or it's justified for the sake of um, you know, the public or humanity, that it's okay to take away people's rights like that. Well, they did it. The hospitals did it. They can take away people's rights. You know, at the time, you know, and again, topic, different day, different time, we talk about abortion. Women had... And in, in, in I say had, because some states have changed that and everything going on. But it's a woman's right. They can choose to have an abortion. However, and, and you know, whether you disagree with that, all I'm making is as a statement in comparison. So women had that right. Now, you get into the medical field with COVID, our medical workers did not have a choice, keyword choice, to get that shot or not. The only choice they had is if you take that shot, you keep your job. Yeah. If you don't take it, you don't have a job. Yeah, and it was like, and so it drove the you know, unemployment down, or or up because people wouldn't work because they're like, I'm not taking this, and people that didn't want to did, didn't want to take the shot, they did it against their will. Now imagine if you use those same principles on just the topic I just mentioned, and look what you have. You have what you have right now. A fight. Yeah. People didn't people didn't look at it like that. They didn't stand up against it like that. Yeah. Use that same topic and say, okay, women, you're going to be forced to have an abortion now. You're going to be forced not to have it. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. It's what they did there in those hospital settings, making people take that shot, and nobody stood up to it like that. Yeah. Um, well, and and you know that's kind of the the other side of it all too is that they're forcing these measures while lying about what it's actually capable of. You know, how many times, I remember watching a video, and this was over a year ago, where it shows just news articles about the vaccine efficacy, and it goes from 99% to all the way down, for sure under 50% effective. And all this, you know, over weeks and weeks of time, as more data came in, like, hey, this doesn't do anything. And yeah, they were saying, stop the spread and, and all this, propaganda to convince people that you need to get this and the problem with that is that people were profiting off of this you know the the companies were shielded from any liability and now they they can link myocarditis like an increase in myocarditis cases to people that got vaccinated um, that's a huge concern and and to just wipe the slate clean and say like hey you know what 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 concerns me with this situation which is a different different take on where you're at is government funded bullying. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Is so the government says you have to do this, they push this crap down our throat so much the normal people or say normal people, everybody in society is scared to death they don't get this COVID shot. Yeah. So you go out and, and the government, they're worried about schools getting shot up. They're worried about this because it comes from bullying and there's other aspects, mental mental issues, stuff like that. But the big aspect here is bullying. The government, we state we do not support bullying. We don't in any school board, any school system. We're going to tell you the same line of stuff. And that's fine because I don't agree with it either. However, 
the government pushes this agenda so hard with, with false stuff, in my opinion, on a lot of it. They, it's not necessarily false. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I know say, you could say it's a lie, but they're just throwing this stuff out there so fast. Yeah. And so what America did is if you walked outside without a mask on, you were sending all the grandmas to hell. Yeah. Is what Grandma way it almost that it's exactly what it was. Yeah. And that's the way you were portrayed. Yep. You know, and I and I say that word because it wasn't like you're just, oh, you're gonna kill you know, you're just like, no, it's like it's like you're yeah. committing murder. Well, people and, which I assaulted. believe was a that's how I'm saying that's a believe that's a government forcing almost bullying. Yeah. It's like a police your own type method. Yeah. And so people did that stuff. Well, I think they even were talking about getting a COVID like reporter reporting hotline where you could report other people. Yeah, uh, it's and it's some stupid thing, and probably the government come up with to try to fix this. Like you can call in for somebody because they've got guns and they're yeah. going to kill themselves, make a false report, and have somebody arrested. They'll swat your house it's again yeah. another day, another time. <laughs> but you know, it's stuff like that, and and that's it sounds good to people, but it's stupid. Yeah. It, and that's what happens when you let these you know these officials you know, get out and run amok. The, the, the government officials should be kept in check yeah. by the people that put them there. Yeah. And if you, you know, it's simple. If you don't like them, get them out. Yeah. You know, and that's what we voice. need to do here. We've got people from the presidency all the way down that are incompetent and can't do their job. I, I would, I, my son of seven years old has a better memory span than the president of the United States. That says something. Yeah. And I'm not making using it as a joke. I'm using it as a strong comparison. We've got a problem. Yeah. And so that's who we're getting our information from? Well, yeah, if you just want to jump into the, the topic of voting, uh, I, I personally feel like, or I, I feel like a lot of people, especially my age, ask the question of <coughs> what's the point in voting, especially it's, when nothing changes? It's simple. You know, one of the things of voting, and, and I know that that's a, I'm going to answer this question a different the way you asked it, is voting is to stop exactly what I just said, right. is to keep that stuff from happening. You know, now, has there ever been, you know, does it matter? It does matter. You know, because for, I guess it depends on if you're looking at House, Senate, you're looking at presidential, it's just a local election, depending on what you're talking about, because those are designed differently, electoral votes just to, you know, your, your votes in your counties, stuff like that. You know, they do matter. Uh, well, and that, but here's my thing though. I feel like in today's world, it's extremely difficult to find any kind of real political information because of media bias. Uh, well, it's bias. Know, it's bias from polarization, the... misinformation. Like it, who do you trust? Yeah, it's bias from the jump because if you even look at the elections that are done today, they haven't even read the results. No. You know, up you know two hours ago, whatever. And the Democratic Party had already filed lawsuits against, and I don't remember what state it was, but they filed lawsuits in essentially saying that there's some absentee ballots that they're not going to get counted because they don't have time. Yeah. Extend the freaking time. Right. It's, it's, it's not hard. You know, I know there's some things behind all these things, but the thing is, there's already lawsuits. I, I think they said there was over 1,000. It could have been 100, even if it was 100. We'll go with 100. 100 lawsuits already filed, and this... And this there ain't even nothing being called. The race hasn't even been done. They didn't, what are you suing for? Yeah. You know, and, and the Democrats, my prediction, could I be wrong, but they're going to play the same card Donald Trump did two years ago and say this was rigged, this was screwed up, this is, you know, whatever, and the Democrats are going to have a taste of the Republican medicine that we had two years ago. It's just what's going to happen. 
In well, some way, they may not play the same hand, but somehow there's voter fraud. Somehow the machine's messed up, you know, hey, all these other things. Well, and that's kind of the, the thing, too, is, like, you start talking about how that works, you know, this, you know, if it's not Republicans complaining about it, it's Democrats. Uh, I feel like what it really comes down to is... But I think, I think that this is key, though, and the reason being is because it, it's, it's always been the talk. But in the last presidential election, it was a big deal. Very big deal. I think bigger than what I've ever seen it. Yeah. And so what I guess what my point of what I'm trying to say with it is the Democratic side says this, this system is done. It's the best it's ever been. You know, they're building it up, saying all these things. But now they come midterms are saying, hey, that system screwed up. Yeah. Like, what? It was fine two years ago. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, what got screwed up? Because you don't like it? Yeah. Same thing I've been talking about with other topics, their agenda. Well, and you know that that kind of just brings me back to everything. Like everyone in the political system today, like our choices suck. You know, I don't know anybody in America who honestly wanted a ballot between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Like how how do you end up with that? Because it it seems like every election. We end up with these people. Some some are better than others, but at the end of the day, none of them are who we actually want. And so I feel like that's a, a big reason why a lot of people don't even want to use their voices because we have this winner-take-all approach of, well, since Donald Trump got the most votes, he's going to be the only person you can vote for for the Republican Party for the presidential election of the United States of America. And that's wild. You know, especially when you see so many other countries besides the United States, uh, which in my opinion, I don't see any reason why they can't have all the voting done tonight because other countries do it all the time with the same populations and more. Now, not to say that their elections are perfect or whatever else, but we've endorsed <clears throat> election results from other countries that do it in the same night and say that they're legit. So why can't that happen in America, the richest place on earth? Yeah, only like so many trillions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. In debt. I don't know how rich we actually are. But uh, well, you know what? If you uh, look at the negative, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, we've got big balls. We find a way to blow money we don't have. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Or you're welcome, Ukraine. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to really honestly, I think, combat that. Saying you know, especially the the younger generations that are saying you know why why go out and vote? It doesn't matter. It, I mean, it does. You know, and I think that your, you know, it works from the bottom, you know, if you're electoral votes, whether it be just that vote does make a difference. There's been a few races decided over just a few votes. And, cool. and to <clears throat> kind of go on that point, that's one of the things that blows me away the most is if you were really to think about it, who stands to have the most to gain by using their vote and their voice? It's young people because we're the next generation, you know, so we're the ones who are going to be affected positively or negatively by these new laws and legislation that gets passed and the people who are put in power to rule over us. <clears throat> well, I think when it changes things, too, is you look even on a, a city level or a county level. You know, you look at whenever they're voting for, say, a state's voting, they break it down by counties. Yeah. So if that county is fed up with something, they can turn that red or blue either way. Mm -hmm. And that changes the outcome of the state. Yeah. That outcome can change... Election. You know, the, the, the election overall. Well, I've seen videos of previous elections where it literally came down to one vote. Like, one vote actually made the difference. 
And so you can't say that my vote doesn't matter because it, it has in the past. It has made the difference between someone being elected and someone not. Mm-hmm. So to me, that that's always important to keep in mind. But you know, to kind of go beyond that, one of the, the scariest things uh, really about America is how everyone talks about politics and what they like and what they don't like, but yet there's still over a third of people who don't vote every year. Well, I think some people... You know, because I struggled even with this year. It's like, okay, you got two people. I don't really care for each one, either one of them. So you have to pick the lesser of two evils. Exactly, yeah. Is what it comes down to. Or, you know, because you interject a third person in there. Well, possibly you could probably interject a third candidate in there, but the problem of it is they still vote. Just, okay, whatever. But the problem of it is that it, we're so, we pick sides. Republican, Democrat. And I think for anybody to come in and say, let's start a third party, even if you could, that it, it's really never going to take off. Because really what it comes down to is like you got this person, this person, it's kind of a blend of them. And it's never going to be a perfect blend. Right. And so you're almost kind of still left with the lesser of two evils to begin with. So, well, I mean, a, a few things, I guess, to kind of touch on, <clears throat> you know, with that, when we talk about the lesser of two evils, the... The issue that I have with that, that third party argument is that in reality, if a third party candidate did get into office, I'm not so much talking about the presidential side, but local politics all the way up through Congress, if you did start to get third party candidates in there, their vote would actually matter. Because what if we end up in a situation where you have 40, what, I'm trying to do the math? Well, there could be, be a swing vote in the House or Senate. Yeah, and is like what it would you, come down to. Exactly, and if that one independent person is to vote, they have a, a strong voice in the decision-making. Because if you need that one vote to get a law passed, or that's how you start to... The way the government works, that's the guy you pay the most money to and buy him out. Well, and, and yeah, you're definitely they're going to be captured at some point. Not that that happens uh, in our government, but... Yeah, no. You know, well, here's the thing, Dad. <laughs> they don't invest in stocks, but their <coughs> family members do extremely well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just you don't make money through public service. You know, you just got to be a really smart investor, and go to some speaking conventions. Use your voice. Well, part of the uh, thing with voting too, I think that you know we have a holiday for every stinking thing you know on the face of the earth for everything, but yet the day they want people to go vote, they want people to turn out. Yeah, you ain't letting them off work. Should be federally mandated. Yeah. Shut, shut the stuff down. Yeah, everywhere. You know, given I know they say oh federal law. You know, okay, that that stuff's a joke. Yeah. You sit there and say, well, it's law. They have to let you off to vote. Okay. Yeah. Then then yeah. they don't. Do you have the twenty, fifty, yeah. sixty, hundred thousand dollars to 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 push the lawsuit on to get nothing? What to prove a point? Like yeah. you didn't let me off to vote. Yeah. You're not gonna get anything. You know, so you can't challenge it. Well, uh, and you, know, you bringing that up, it kind of. To me, it gets into the narrative of what I feel like today's politics really is, which is they get up in front of the TV screen and they say, get out and vote. You know, your vote matters, blah, blah, blah. But what they really mean is go in there and there's two boxes that 90% of the public check. And that's the Democrat box or the Republican box. And so they're not telling you to actually use your voice because if you really use your voice effectively, you would know who these candidates are, you would know what their position is, what they're about, what their plans are, and you would make, for each individual ballot... Yeah, it's called, a, would, stri- it's called a straight vote. 
you know, and there and there is. There's a lot of people who do that. You know, that's that those, shouldn't be allowed. I I agree. Yeah, yeah I think that take they the should take seconds. the straight vote thing off. Yeah, it, in all aspects is, you should have when you're going to vote. You and you should. This is not just whether you straight vote or not. You should know what you're voting for. Even if you're guessing, here's what it would do. I feel like if you just took away those two boxes, what that would do is it would make people have to actually get on TV and say what they mean and talk about real issues, something that's actually going to resonate with people besides the normal tropes. And the reason why I say that is because if someone like Ted Cruz or whoever is going up against another guy and you have to check between these two, well, if if all you have to do is just click that Republican box, then everyone else is going to benefit from uh, you voting for Ted Cruz. But in reality, you know, you get right past that, those super well-known politicians, and you start getting into those lower-level ones. You can't hide behind the uh, curtain of your party. You have to actually be able to stand on or hope that people recognize your name. Otherwise, what most people do already who don't click the box you know, you're kind of guessing a little bit. Oh, his name no, sounds guess, good. I mean, I think yeah. that, you know, they should do And so it evens the playing field. They should. They should. You know, if you don't know, then don't put nothing down and that yeah. vote don't count towards, you know, if it's if it's a, you know, a congressman and you're voting down and you say, I don't know neither one of them. I didn't really, okay, leave it blank. Yeah. You know, don't throw a vote into something that you don't know nothing about. And then on the flip side of that, which opens up a whole other can of worms, and then you sit there and complain about it because they got elected. Well, you didn't do your due diligence to research them, to look at what they're stand for, you know, what they believe in, and all this other stuff. People can gripe about all these things all they want to. And even you look at the abortion laws. Well, they may not like it, but guess what? You put them in office. The majority of the people put those people in office. So the majority spoke. Well, and uh, if they didn't like it, there's, you know, and I'm not advocating, you know, specifically targeting that, but there's a, there's a solution. That if you don't like it, change it. <clears throat> well, for me, I'm, I'm slightly skeptical about voting in today's world. I, I still feel like it's important and it's a duty and a responsibility for each individual to use their voice to decide who's going to rule over you. But I feel like my, my favorite other side to that is if voting actually worked, they wouldn't let us do it. And I do feel like there's a level of truth to that because that's why we haven't developed a third party. That's why that little box is still there and they tell you to, to get out and vote. But you know, like I said earlier, they don't actually mean that. And so what I feel like is if they actually made it where you had more influence in how these elections are run, like for instance, you can't gerrymander a new district and, and cut out certain parts of how the, the voting process works, like as far as which districts are, are going to be for you or, or not. You know, once you start to remove a lot of this um, manipulation and you just get down to, I feel like what, I don't know for sure, but I feel like it happened in the old days, uh, just casting your ballot and moving on with it, they wouldn't let that happen because then you're actually going to start to take apart the, the power system and this king-making cycle of getting so, such and such endorsement, this company's backing you, these people are throwing money at you. It, it, it changes everything. And I, I feel like if that was to happen, the people in power wouldn't want that to take place and would do everything they can to stop that. And that's like my ultimate conspiracy theory or you know doomsday thought on 
you know, how do things change? But you do have to keep that hope and stay optimistic that the, you know, we are a democracy at the end of the day. We're, I feel like the greatest nation on the planet and our system has worked for a very long time and there's danger with doubting that system or well, there's trying to change it because in a dramatic way. One, the voting is different. Like you use electoral college and all that stuff. I mean, so your big states, you know, have 20, you know, I'm just throwing random numbers out, 20 votes and this state only has three. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, however, if you look at some, and I believe it was Hillary and Trump when they were going, I think Hillary had the popular vote, yeah. but Trump had the electoral votes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I wouldn't have liked it at the time, you know, however, because I didn't really, I didn't really care for you one personally. Yeah. But if you made it where it was straight popular vote, then your vote would matter. However, I think that from a democracy, I don't say democracy, but from a government level, the way it's ran right now, they would find a way to put their hand in that to make it benefit them. Because then if it becomes a popular vote, then it's just, okay, all we got to do is get more votes on this side and we're going to, you know, because then the electoral college completely goes out the window. It doesn't matter if this county's, you know, blue, red, green, it doesn't matter. You know, 10 could be for it and thousand people could be against it you know it's a it's a popular vote and so that's when it really does start matter so it's just there's there's reasons they do it and it works right um however you know to the question of having to you know does it count yeah it counts because if you go out there you know when you're electing these people in in the in this county in this section whatever is going blue and it's predominantly been red well i mean there's a lot of people that one either change their mind or two, the Republicans didn't turn out. Yeah. And so it does take a hole of, of people coming in, and then that hole should dictate, especially a presidential electoral vote, to say, okay, hey, we're staying red this year, we're staying blue this year, you know, and that's where that vote should go. Well, and a lot of it, like you see, you know, number one, places like Oklahoma, uh, New York, you know, I'm sure New York gets you know, a run through like where the president comes to town, but they really don't try or they don't have much to do. It's always those swing states uh, or these certain counties with a high population, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the the sad part about that is that there's so much more to America out there than just LA or New York City or Dallas, you know, but that's, those are the votes that matter the most or the key areas that matter the most because, you know, that one uh, county or district is going to count for way more towards that electoral college vote sure. than everything surrounding it, and that that to me is isn't very fair. Uh, you know, especially when you're talking about sending someone to rule over you. Uh, no, I, I think the vote should be you know even electoral college okay to keep it that way. There should be a certain amount of votes cast for each state, and they should be the same. Yeah, yeah, I know that there that complicates things. I know people don't like that opinion, but. Because I don't believe that the state of California, New York, Florida, should have any more to say about who the president of the United States is than Texas, you know, Oklahoma, you know, Idaho. It doesn't matter. You know, those states should be equal. But guess what? We're not equal in the United States on a lot of levels. (laughs) And that's another reason it's like that is you have this popular opinion. and And it does work. I mean... 
to some level, but a lot of the people from the West Coast, and, and, they're, and they're moving. And so if you see these people from the West Coast, predominantly blue state, they're coming into Texas, which pretty much red. But you'll see, you start seeing, especially in presidential elections, you'll start seeing a lot of these going blue. Yep. It's because that crap is coming here. And I'm not saying it's all bad, but <laughs> uh, some crap. of their agenda, you know, and I say crap, that crap they bring with them that don't fly, it's coming here. And that's why some of the topics we talked about before are so, is such a big issue. Yeah. You know, because that type of thinking is getting more and more brought here. You know, and I'm not saying, and I want to clarify that type of thinking. I'm not talking about necessarily the homophobic, whether it go one way or the other, or racist one way or the other, but this mentalities that come, you know, on either spectrum of that are coming here and, and people are buying into it. So now these people are coming here. Guess who's teaching your kids? These same people that you didn't want in office to begin with. They're bringing the agendas here and they're teaching your kids that crap. And so it just, it goes and it goes and it goes. And the millennials this day, to some level, they're wanting handouts. It, just, it is what it is. Millennials, I think, are different than the aspect. The bottom line is people can ridicule the millennials all day long. And I will. I'll talk crap and trash on them all day long. But to be fair to the situation, guess where they got it from? My generation. So, I mean, you got to be fair to be fair. They, you can sit here and knock them all day long and how they're entitled. You know why they're entitled? Because your mom and daddy let you be. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a, you got to be fair, fair across the board. But with this, this handout type thing, it's very persuasive. And the government knows this on all levels. You know, it's very persuasive to offer these little kids the candy to get in the vehicle with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, they're going to rape you. But that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, my point. They are, they are going to take advantage yeah, of taking you to town. Mm-hmm. But that's my point, and that's why I use that analogy. Yeah. It's, yes, it's a joke, but in all seriousness, that's what they're going to do. They get what they want, they use you, and you're gone. You didn't matter. You're just a, you're just a number to get them to their next agenda. Yeah, until the next election cycle. Yeah. And they'll bring that. Hey, you remember a couple of years ago when we talked about on that? That's kind of the thing is, you know, I, I guess. So, you know, we've complained a lot. We've talked a lot about it. But if we were going to have a, a solution to how to change this, you know, I, for me personally, I would just go back to remove those little check marks for Republican and Democrat, create some type of a, a third party, another contender. And the craziest thing is, I feel like anybody could do it right now if they just came up and said, the normal person party, they would have a, a gigantic following immediately from both sides of people who feel like their party's becoming more and more extreme. Because uh, that's where I feel like 90% of people actually stand is somewhere in the middle. And they aren't radicalist in, in either direction. They just want to live their lives peacefully without being trampled on with all these agendas politically. <laughs> well, to some degree, I think people vote for candidates based off like college football. You're just like, oh, yeah, go Sooners because us, you know, or Cowboys because yeah. I'm Oklahoma. Yeah. I think that's people get votes too, just for that reason. Because oh yeah, that's well, that's a guy from back home, and you know, and we know, you know, whatever. And or so celebrities endorse them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And some of these celebrities does. just ain't credible to begin with. You look at again Kanye West. If I'm not mistaken. Was he not on a ballot? Yeah, he ran. And look at the crap that he's been pulling here recently. It's clearly racist. 
that was a guy that ran two years ago. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things behind that, but still, bottom line of it is, he was there. And that's the type of people that, you know, it doesn't matter if he I'll got a thousand votes, he got, he got <laughs> yeah, votes. Yeah, I'll you take know? what I can get. And, and so, you know, you got to be careful of that stuff, and that's why it's important to follow these people as a prime example, you know, not trying to talk trash on him. However, it is a prime example of why you follow people, you know, or not follow people per se, like social media follow, but you, you see what they're doing, you see what they're up to, you know, listen to their debate, see what they stand for. And then you can make an educated decision when you go vote, not just straight vote. You can actually pick and choose because there is, you know, as much as I'm a Republican, I'm not afraid of that to say that. But there's Democrats out there that I, I do believe that would probably do better jobs than some of the Republicans and that I would agree with some of their statements in right. what they stand for. In stances, yeah. You know, I can't say that there's any in the state that I live in. But no, I listen to to several other ones as well, and there's and there's things I believe in too. So it's, I think it's being open minded to the fact that just because I my voting card says Republican, that it's okay, you know, if you do vote Democrat or yeah. vice versa, it's okay to to venture that way yeah. and not be you know feel bad about having your voice in your vote. Well, yeah, you're not betraying a team. You know, everyone's on, and that's the thing. Everyone's on the same team. So once America understands that that regardless of what party you affiliate with on that little voter registration card, that's not what defines you. You know, we're, we're all in this together. The only way we're going to get out of a lot of these bad situations I feel like America's been put in is if we start using our voice together to have more of a positive impact. And how about someone being brave enough who isn't crazy and stupid to get up there and, and run? Because uh, I feel like if any normal person got up there and was just speaking facts, kind of like Donald Trump did in the beginning, because that's why he got the publicity that he did, is that he was just saying off-the-cuff stuff that was kind of right. Well, he was saying off-the-cuff stuff, but the thing of it is, you know, as much as, and I'm not, a, I'm not a Trump guy, but the thing of it is, you know, he had a lot of visions that people were sick of the nonsense yeah. that you know, was getting, was coming out of the government. And, and he did do a fair, you know, point in combating some of it. You know, people can knock Trump all they want. Again, I'm not one that's going to stand behind him and say, hey, that's my guy. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not that guy. But what other presidents have we ever had that actually had a sit down with Kurt, with North Korea? Yeah. I mean, the guy has made accomplishments, you know, has accomplished things during that presidency. Was it good? Was it bad? Some yes, some no. You know, I think that also... It's like, here, here's a pile of crap, President Trump. You take it, and I'll fix it. You can only polish that turd so much. And that's what I think he had, really, I think, some of what he was dealt with. Yeah, for sure. And then, and I'm not saying Biden's all bad. I personally, again, I don't really agree with everything he does either, you know. But I think he was also handed, to some degree, that was just passed down. I also think that Biden, not think, I, I believe I know this factually, he is also piggybacking off some of the successes of Trump. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, there, there's there's good, there's pros, there's cons. You you got to know what you're talking about when you're voting and stuff like that. You know, they're going to face a lot of this stuff is going to come up in politics again. We talked about this a minute ago. Racism, unfortunately, the society we live in, this is going to probably resurface in a big way. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about guns and school shootings. We didn't really go down too far on that. Unfortunately, it's probably going to come up again, you know, and COVID. 
it's coming up on the colder months. They're already saying there's this 115th strain already started now, and you'll have to get your 10th vaccine and, you know, all these other things. You know, so the, all these things that we've talked about and been talking about, they're going to they're gonna keep surfacing. You know, and, and every time they do surface, we're going to come back to it. You oh, know, we'll, the... we'll talk about these things and see, you know, we might talk about the gun thing three or four times. We might talk about the COVID thing more than what people want to hear. But, you know, people need to, people need to be a voice. And, and that's what, I know we've discussed this. That's what we're trying to do is, you know, if, if you're scared to say it, now I'm not being your voice for anybody. I'm not doing that. But I'm not going to be shy and scared to say the things that need to be said against these topics of fear of what somebody's going to say, oh, I'm racist or I'm, I'm this, I'm a grandma killer because of COVID or you're, your ideas are, you know, my ideas aren't perfect. My ideas are not 100%. My ideas, some of them is flawed. I'll guarantee they're flawed because I'm a person. I'm flawed. Just like everybody else in the world, we're humans. However, we offer perspective. We show a perspective. It's not for everybody, and that's fine. But we have our perspectives, and we value other people's perspectives as well. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of look at it, I guess, ultimately as... You know, at the end of the day, we're all individuals here, and we're gonna have disagreements in life. You know, we're we're gonna agree on things, but just continue to treat other people like people. And the biggest thing I enjoy or like about being able to have a podcast and being able to have these conversations is that it exposes or it gives exposure to the conversation that gives other people the opportunity to agree or disagree with what we're saying. And that's kind of the point of it is to spark that conversation to hopefully show other people that it is okay to talk about it. Uh, am I wrong? I'm sure I said something wrong today. Uh, just like I do every day. Ask my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but as a whole though, you know, it learn as you go, you know, don't be scared to learn new things every day and grow. And if you can approach conversations that way, I feel like that's how you start to unravel some of the issues, but also some of the solutions to to get through it so there's that there is that <laughs> i know what else there is too no, no, not really that was a joke <clears throat> well uh make sure guys that you tune in next week uh episode three coming soon so we appreciate you guys for listening and see you soon